Hello and welcome to Season 1, Episode 7 of the Sunglasses No Cap podcast. I am Zavine Wynn, I'm your host. I am really excited that you decided to click on today's video. This is a conversation with Marianne Hornbuckle. Marianne Hornbuckle has moved to Santa Fe. She's been here for 20 years and she is a wonderful extraordinary person as you hear me say um, all throughout the podcast. Um, Marianne Hornbuckle is a well-achieved artist. She has created a system of her own unique art and you'll hear us get talk about that and see what it is that she all creates and she also has a wonderful website that displays all of her prints and her different bronze sculptures. You'll hear me say clay sculptures, I meant to say bronze sculptures. Marianne is just an incredible woman and she has done so much for women and so much for the collective and I really hope that you enjoyed today's podcast and don't forget to share this with your friends and if you head over to YouTube you can check out the actual live video of the podcast recording. Thank you so much for tuning in and without further ado, here is the recording. All right, so Marianne, we're finally doing it. I feel like every single time that we get together, I like want to record what we're saying, what we're doing, what we're being, because we always have something really powerful, something very momentous. It feels very auspicious when we're together. And um, you're a beautiful, beautiful um, manifestation of art and abstracts and your clay sculptures is incredible. For me, the most powerful thing about your um, clay sculptures is that you have created a, a, a focal point of putting women in the center of your creations and, and empowering women to be as they are, who they are as they are. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. In my own kitchen. In your own kitchen. <laughs> This could not be easier. We won't. We won't. Uh, we won't tell everyone where it's at, <laughs> but it's in somewhere in between uh, paradise and heaven, just right there. That's how it, um, so yeah, let's let's just um, let's just talk about kind of what. Well, I mean, there's so much that we've already talked about. I feel like circling back, kind of. That's fine. Yeah, um, we could talk about. Um, well, I mean, you've been having some uh, interesting art shows lately, and then there's always some sort of, like, manifestation that happens there. Is there anything that you want to talk about that's kind of alive for you there? Um, I, I'm a member of a group that shows in downtown Santa Fe, and it's a collective, and I've been with, this is my 19th year, and I've uh, been really active. So uh, I've seen it morph into higher more professional work mm. uh, we still have our share of people that are really they're just out there for the dollar but their work is still very high quality mm. and they know better about the dollar than I so <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew what they knew but I couldn't be them anyway mm. so um, I that's kind of like my objective is to make work and to push it forward and to that's where I take it. I was showed in galleries for 20 years, and I'm one of the older artists, and I no longer have a long career for promoting in front of me. It's all behind me. So I've been doing my own thing for basically the last 25 years, you know, in terms of promoting myself and doing my work and getting it out there the best way that I could. Mm. Yeah, I feel like um, sometimes we talk about how your art has shifted. Yeah, well, I'm not uh, I'm I'm not easily bored, but I can come to the end of something yeah. and then I beat it like a dead horse for a while, and it doesn't get up and go anywhere. And uh, then I go, okay, what's next? Mm. And it's because you know if you lose interest in your work, your work is not interesting, and people aren't interested in it. And so you, you know, there's both forces at work, yourself and how people receive it. Mm -hmm. And um, it's kind of 
and Janis Joplin, one of my peers, yeah. <laughs> who wrote in a song, Nothing Left to Lose, you know. Ooh, yeah. You know. Anyway, so I've moved, I started as an abstract watercolorist, and then I moved into more, I, then I moved to New Mexico, and it became more realistic, but not still not realistic. And uh, then when I started having to think up ways to make it interesting to myself, I thought, okay, time to move on. And I moved into acrylic, and I found it the opposite of watercolor, because you start from, uh, watercolor starts from the paper is the white, mm. and acrylic's, the, it's opaque, and it's the other way. Yeah. And it took me probably five years, and that's something really, if I could share a few things that I think you should know. If you decide to change mediums, just know whether I never believed it, but it's true, that it will take you five years to master it. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, before you can be pretty confident or happy with what you're doing. Mm. You know, know what you're doing. So I did that, and I, oh, I, had, I also made um, 10 work nichos. Um, they were like the shrines for saints mm. uh, and did all the you know I did the concept and the whatever and that that's part of how I arrived at my sculpture but um, they had uh, watercolor nudes in them and they were goddesses like Greek goddesses mm. and they had stories and they were pretty feminist and I was I sold I made those and sold them for two years in the mid 90s and uh, oh, wow. Then I re I did the math. I never do the math. <laughs> I did the math. And I went, ooh, I can't keep doing this. Ooh, yeah. because my husband was an artist and I'm an artist, and you know we have to make, we have to pay the bills. So uh, I did that, and uh, and it was great fun. I loved it. I did 22 of them, like one a month for two years, mm. and um, and I couldn't sell them anywhere except on the East Coast. Interesting. Yeah, because people were too conservative or didn't have any experience with it or in, probably in the case of New Mexico, they had experience with the form, which was the Nicho, but not, you know, of course, I went, I'm not Catholic, I can't like put saints in them, what am I going to put in them? Oh, no, I'll do it about Greek mythology and put nudes in them, <laughs> and then I put doors on them in case your aunt was coming who disapproved. And you could close the door. There you go. And then it was her fault if she opened it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I went, okay, what should I do? Oh, I need to do acrylics better. So I did flowers for six years. Mm. And that was really fun. And I marketed, marketed it all myself. At that time, we used slides and mailings and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, got one or two encouraging letters and, you know, two... Um, galleries and uh, small museums and stuff like that. But, you know, it wasn't like, you know, at the front of mm. what is new. And, and, of course, it wasn't so much that people were looking for that now. Now that's all they look for. It's like, mm. oh, well, have I seen this before? Oh, wow, this is so whatever, you know. Um, anyway, and I did that for six years but couldn't really find a good market. This isn't the middle of the country is not a, well, not the middle. The Southwest is not the place for florals. Yeah. Texas, the South. Yeah. I had a gallery that handled them in Wisconsin. Mm. But I'm always, like, making my own frames and stuff like that. And, you know, it's not elegant enough. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, yes, it wasn't. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway... Um, so then I went, okay, I always wanted to get into abstraction, so I'm going to move into and I, abstraction. And I started with rectangular geometric abstracts. Mm. And I enjoyed that, and I was using everything I know about art, like complements and sizes and shapes and relationships and all of that. And, and um, then the rest, you know, that was 25 years ago. And wow. that's what I've been doing since mm. then. And then at some point, a friend, I was always drawing my entire art career. I was always drawing from life. Okay. So I had developed 
a very good eye and ability to draw the human body yeah. and do the proportions. Your proportions and, are incredible. Yeah, well, it's just like I get it, and mm. I know how, well, you know how you see them doing this. You know how to measure. You know, they're measuring relative size. So they're out there, and they're saying, okay, this is the head. It's this big, and this is the torso, or I would measure from the top of the head to the collarbone kind of. Mm. And then you go to your paper, and you go, so here's the paper, it's small, there's that, and here's your thumb, and you just take it out mm. and put it down on the paper. Yeah. And that's how big the head is, mm. you know, and you just go down the body. Mm. So I'd gotten very good at that, and I've always been pretty good at, at realistic stuff. The flowers made me really good at, at, actually I quit doing the flowers when I got to the point where I would go take photographs and then I would paint them, but they were all arranged the way I wanted with shadows a certain way or there was a body of work, a body of work about, I don't know, I did one that was called the, whatever it is when you make a prayer on behalf of someone else, it's a Catholic word. Oh. Um, and I did 12 of them and I made shrine-like, they were big, shrine-like uh, frames. But in the process of doing that, I went, you know, I could, like, I had the photograph that I had composed and photographed, and I could go from here to here to here to here to the painting, to the painting, to the photograph, to the painting. <laughs> and <laughs> then I got to a point, I was like, so I can copy a photograph, so what? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I stopped doing that. It, not to mention that I wasn't finding enough of for so uh, then I got into abstract and I was like hallelujah I can stay here for the rest of my life wow you know because that's where I'd always wanted to go I just had to find my way in wow it couldn't be I don't know some teacher's way in or whatever though that's a valid way to get into something yeah you know because you you can't help but make it your own after a while but, you know, I prefer to have, like, the, you know, it's like a lawyer representing himself in court. Mm. He's a really bad lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a very slow way to do things. Yeah, that's you know, true. I have, a, I have a high respect for people that submit to teaching. Yeah. You know, because it's a lot faster mm. than teaching yourself. And that I've always taught myself for whatever reason. So... I did that, and it gradually morphed into mostly circles, mm -hmm. the rectilinear things and the circles, which were morphed into circles, and they were, you know, a lot of them were seasonal, mm -hmm. you know, like, I would go, oh, what should I paint about? Oh, it's spring. I'm going to paint about spring, and I'm painting about the spring uh, equinox, and I'm going to paint about Ooh. the summer sol. I mean, the summer, yeah, whichever. Solstice, yeah. Yeah, the solstice. And... Um, and now I'm painting over some of those paintings. <laughs> they make great bases for new paintings. Yeah. And then, I, then uh, and during this time, my husband, who was older artist, uh, became ill, and mm. he was quite ill for you know I don't know five years, and you know it was difficult. And I went, okay, I've got to concentrate. I, I don't remember. I dropped something. Maybe it was this. Yeah, it, had, it was the sculpture. I had started to do sculpture, and I w had done, I don't know, six or seven bronzes. And mm. they, I was showing them with my work, mm. and they were being well-received. And then when he became ill, I uh, went, okay, I have to cut something out because I just can't do all of it. And I so I stopped doing sculpture for a while. And then in 2015, he died, and he was a wonderful artist, always supported me, never said ever, no, don't do that, uh, about anything that I asked. You know, it's like, oh, I think I'm going to start doing acrylics. You know, there was never like, oh, but you're so blah, 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 well-known, and blah, 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 mm. you know. And I did the same for him. He switched from oil to semier. Mm. Uh, in the period we were married for almost 35 years 
So, and it was the second marriage for both of us. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, and it was very great, and I just like so lucky that I had the opportunity for a great relationship in life, which yeah. is this art life. Yeah. So, anyway, then I, after he died, uh, I went back into sculpture, and I also started listening to audible tapes on my walks. Mm. And I thought, oh, you know, I have these giant holes in my education and experience, and I need to fill them, okay. you know, with things that I didn't explore because I didn't have time. And so I started with Buddhism because I had done yoga for 20 years, you know, and I was like, okay, if I'm going to pretend or say that I'm a country Buddhist, I need to at least know the Eightfold Path. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and I still can't recite it, but I know it. <laughs> you know it, yeah. Yeah, and the, the Five Noble Truths, or yes. is it four? It's five. Five. Yeah, and stuff like that, you yeah. know. And I've done plenty of reading, and I've always been a starting with self-help books, you know, always been drawn to something and gained something from it, you know. But n nothing really sticks with you forever, you know, because you're growing. Right. And you just keep adding to your uh, experience and body of knowledge. And, uh, but that led me into sapiens and, um, you know, humanity and tribal, you know, the development of man, early man, and, you know, on and on and on, all this interesting stuff. And, of course, now that we have the wonderful algorithm yes. that notices and notes everything we are interested in or pause at. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, it would lead me to things that I, of course, could not have known about. Mm. And I go, oh, wow, that sounds interesting. And so I was watching science lectures on YouTube and what whatever attracted me. And I ended up going into physics, you know, which is like, kind of for a uh, humanities person is like, oh, physics. Right, yeah. You know, it's not about the math or anything. But anyway, I found it fascinating. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a moon child, a cancer. Yeah. And um, I just was like, wow, you know. And so it was, you know, it was the history of physics initially. And then now the last threads that I was reading about were super string theory and, you know, speculation of, well, the, I always thought there were parallel universes, and I always mm. thought that there were multiverses. Why? Just because I thought that. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Anyway, um, so I went into that, and um, I think the last full book that I listened to, or no, actually, I think I've started it, and that... Um, Brian Greene's The Exquisite Universe. Yeah. And he's he's just, if you take anything away from this, and you're at all curious about physics, he is, like, really, really accessible. They're very long and deep. Yeah. But he's very good at explaining. So mm. the, And then with, with books uh, on tape, you can... Uh, listen to it again and again until yeah. you go, oh, I think I'm beginning to understand. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> since when I go to, when I read, I go to sleep. Yeah. So, but when I'm listening, I can be walking or whatever. And I wouldn't listen to more than a chapter or two at a time. Yeah. And uh, I think I stopped at the smallest unit of matter, which is a Kalabi Yao. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and a Kalavi Yao is smaller than a neutrino or a quark. Well, way smaller than a quark. Way smaller, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like these, it's what everything is made of. That's fine. And it was speculated. Of course, all of this is theoretical. Yeah. So, I mean, like if I decide, it got in my work and I started painting it. Mm -hmm. Not like consciously. But it would just go, oh, I would get two-thirds of the way through, and I would say, oh, I know what this is about now. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I, um, 
Kalabi Yao is named for the two guys that speculated it. Oh, right. Kalabi and Yao. Yeah. And I love the name. Yeah. And it's just like this small, amorphous grain, only so much smaller than a grain. And then, I, you know, I learned all the stuff about the universe because it's like not just these planets hanging around out in space. Right. It's full yeah. of stuff. Of stuff, yeah. And the stuff is it's at the quantum level, which is kind of where I ended up. Yeah. And nobody is right, but I love the idea of, like, the idea presented by Flatland. Yeah. You know, and then these concepts are yeah. fascinating, and they, they're just so much food for an imagination. Yeah. Mine. <laughs> you have this, you have this um, painting, I think it's called Event Horizon. Yeah. And you said something to me um, <coughs> about how the Event Horizon represents that space where you are no longer the person that you were so like a part of you sheds yeah well it in uh, an event horizon and please if you're a physicist yeah. bear with me <laughs> is um not it is the point at which the point at w to which you can go without being sucked into the black hole and disappearing forever yeah where the data is completely lost yeah, yeah. where it's just gone mm. nobody knows but some people think you come out in another dimension or whatever or you come out in another time dimension you know that you actually are not gone you're just gone from where you were mm. but um, I just thought you know that's kind of like life yeah. because sometimes you'll choose a direction and you get to a point and you know that if you go beyond that point, nothing will ever be the same again. Yep. And I, I bet er, almost everybody has a couple of points like that yep. in their lives. Should I stay or should yeah. I go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why, uh, and, and you know, the whole series was uh, the fifth dimension, space, time, dreams is what I called it. Mm, yeah. And so it's all geometric circles and uh, veils and you know all kinds of stuff going on in the painting yeah the one that i call the womb is a uh, i think it's called m theory the big yeah. one yeah is it the big one m theory is multiverse the multiverse uh-huh and i think it's the yeah, that's it's the big where one. you freehanded the ellipse yeah yeah, that one is like that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like those are I, huge circles. It's a it's a big painting. It's gigantic and it, it's so motherlike. Like yeah. I I felt like it was just like all of us being held. Well, it's kind of like all these planets or whatever they are are yeah. being held. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way. But and that, you know, again, I'm just working. I start from how I work. Okay. You know. And yeah. so, and I don't really necessarily, I'm trying to follow the paint, but it's considered. I just do it, a portion of it, and then I think about it for a while. Mm. And, um, and I use, like, I do these circles and people say, well, how do you do that? And I say, well, if it's a part of a circle, I'll just use my shoulder yeah. or my elbow, you know, with a, and create some kind of line that I can then, fill in with uh, very thin acrylic and of course in all this time I've learned how to use m all the different weights of viscosities of mediums to mm. my advantage yeah. and my because I was a watercolorist I'm very drawn to translucency yeah and I want something that's underneath to be seen through yeah something that's on top or I use a color on top that will transform most of what's underneath to a different color. Mm. But you'll still see the original color mm. and you'll still and then you'll see the color that I used. Mm. But um, they get kind of ethereal. Yeah, they do feel very ethereal. And so um, before we were before we're talking now, we were talking about um, flow states. Oh yeah. And so it's really interesting to like hear um, what kind of enlightenment, right? Mentioning ethereal, 
like what kind of headspaces we're in while we're creating these things or what kind of evolutions within ourselves we're maintaining while, while we're in these flow states or do you want to talk about something no I, I you know it's hard to describe because I will say being um, slightly hyper <laughs> uh, and also needing um, you know time in between to think about what I'm going to do next because mm. I'm not painting loosely and you know lots of paint I'm painting in my living room yeah I'm painting in a big sp- a good space but it's not a giant space and I can't I don't want to throw paint around no I mean this is an old house and I'd have to try to fix it <laughs> yeah, acrylics acrylics rough when you get yeah, it. Yeah, you know, I spilled enough on the floor. Oof. I've gotten clay on the floor and that kind of stuff. But anyway, so um, I naturally will take a break. So I don't get in the kind of flow state that you're thinking about. But yeah. I'm a, I think I'm about to get there because I in this whole thing about quantum and all this work that I'm doing to be free before I'm dead, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> psychologically To transcend free. before transcending. <laughs> yeah, to transcend, yeah. Um, I, um, the last little small 12 by 12 group of paintings were very loose and very fluid. Mm. And they were layered and they were translucent or transparent and they were very successful. And I was like, and when I was painting them, I was like, this is so much fun. Because <laughs> I wasn't using templates and I wasn't taping off areas to save them, you know, or I would use big pieces of tape and then I'd make a big circle and cut it out and then I would cut out, then I would use a exacto knife and like cut the middle out and remove it or cut the edges off and then paint all around it and then Mm. I could paint freely around it without messing it up Mm. so uh, we'll see I think the next I'm sure that the next phase of what I'm doing will be both fluid and flow I mean Mm. those are two good words to go together and I should probably paste them on the wall to remind myself Yes. <laughs> not to, you know, retreat back to the comfortable. Yeah. Because it's not that comfortable to for me. Because yeah. I'm not following any kind of rules or mm-hmm. art school rules. Yeah. I'm just following what I know about. Well, and then there's like a level of integrity that is required when painting and like before it becomes not you. Yeah. And this is my, nobody can do this work but me. Exactly. It's like and, your medicine. Yeah. And I never have taught it because, well, my first statement was, why would anybody want to learn how to do this? But my second, <laughs> but my second is like, I can't take it apart and make it this step-by-step entity of this is how you do this. Right. How did Mozart become Mozart? Yeah. Right. You know, because I'm, I'm an intuitive painter, and I, there are many of us. And they're all interesting and good, and they're all different. And some are more like each other than others. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty different than almost anybody that I've seen. I've so never far. seen anything, especially like at the art show. I've never, I've nobody even touches close to what you're creating because it looks like watercolor. Yeah, they, it's hard for people. People have asked me. I work in acrylic, and people have asked me, Do you, "Is this?" Is this oil? Yeah, it's, it looks and, like not... it. Yeah. And I said, no, it's acrylic. But it doesn't look like what you think of as acrylic. Yeah. You know, so... Um, I'm glad. I don't want anything I do to look like anything. You should. It should look right. like... <laughs> yeah, it should look like what it looks like. It looks like this. So... And it's been an a, a, a amazing journey. Yeah. You know, more... I mean, people should not have that much fun. <laughs> You're getting away with something, Marianne. <laughs> yeah, that's how I, Bill and I used to call ourselves partners in crime. Oh. You know, cause, and we did, in a sense. We worked hard. Mm-hmm. As you know, or may know, 
people that are self-employed and artists work a lot harder than other people. You're marketing yourself, you're creating the yeah, work. Yeah, well, that didn't used to be true. Oh, right. And <laughs> that is a new development. Thank you, Internet. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute, now I'm doing more work. Yeah, no, it's true. Mm-hmm. And um, because I'm a very curious person and probably willing to tackle most anything, yeah. Um, I will take it on and, you know, be frustrated for two years or whatever. <laughs> we do do that, don't we? Yeah. And I noticed, I mean, like when I first got my first computer, I'd never touched one. And this was in the, like, mid to mid-late 90s. Yeah. And I was like, it never occurred to me to go to college and take, you know, in, I mean, computer 101. No. And it wasn't until I started doing some graphic, you know, Photoshop and Illustrator and all that, I took some courses for a couple of years at the community college here, which is excellent. Uh, was didn't occur to me that um, I could have made it a lot easier for myself. Yeah. And I'm still struggling with all the stuff I don't know. Yeah. You well, know? and then I feel like, uh, especially when it comes to Adobe, it, like, made some really big leaps. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's hard to keep up with something like that you on know, top if, of. Yeah. yeah, and if you do it all the time, you you do keep up with it and you keep your skills up. Yeah. But if you're an artist and you're trying to do this in order to get something ready, like everything is digital now, mm-hmm. and I don't go look at galleries anymore because I just fit, I think my work is not uh, obviously saleable. If somebody believed in me, that wanted to take me on in a gallery and they were in a particular really great space or whatever or had giant charisma or something, yeah. uh, then they could probably fairly easily sell my work. Mm. Or they, they would have to be a very, very great salesman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because we were at the art show the other day and you said, um, that, yeah, I don't mention physics anymore. Right. Like. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought I can't think of what it was now, but I thought of another way to kind of approach it, so it wasn't like so intimidating. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it your your work feels larger than life. Yeah, and it, my intention with what I'm doing now is really to get people to think bigger, yeah. not to not to stay small, and not to. We need boundaries, but we need to. Expand them yeah. within our own reason, mm-hmm. and so you know what's more expansive than the universe. That's so true. You know, and what's more unknown? It's not you know, it's not terrifying if you think of it in a different way. It's just like fascinating instead of terrifying. Yeah. So. Well, um, that's interesting that you say that like that because I feel like sometimes. Um, when I think about creating a new way of living or expanding those boundaries, mm-hmm. it's like, it does that first word intimidating comes up. Yeah. Because it's like, well, who am I going to be? Is it going to change the perception of who I think I am? Uh-huh. And so it's like, how do you, how do you in your personal journey, like overcome those moments where you're like, Ugh, kind of maybe too far? Well, uh, I don't know. You can have a couple of ironclad rules for yourself. Okay. Like, don't pick up hitchhikers. Okay. That's (laughs) That's one of my rules. Okay. So I'm, you know, I always say, oh, I, you know, they look okay. I could probably give them a lift of blah blah blah. And I go, nope, it's against my rule. Okay. You know, and. um, the other rule is if you're afraid of it, that means you have to do it. Dang. You, you, don't, you have to do it. Yep. You have to screw up your courage and take it and do it. Wow. You know, in, in the best possible way that you can. Mm. Because everything that you do that you're afraid of will expand you, even if it turns out badly. It's not about a judgment about how it turned out. Yeah. It's about enhancing your own experience and in that in that enhancing your confidence mm. 
Yeah, enhancing your confidence. I think that that's like a that's a big one for me because, and you have been kind of like a large catalyst for me in creating something that's larger than life for myself because when I came to you, I just survived a car wreck. I had just... I was like, I, whoa, this kid is really yeah. screwed up. I'd like to get to know him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember being in your booth being like, yeah, I've done this. And then since the time that I've gotten to know you, you've seen me filter through a lot of things. Yeah, I'm watching um, uh, a uh, metamorphosis. Yeah. You know, like in real life time. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. And I, I always knew that it was there for me. I was like, there has to, there, like, love is so much larger than what we make it. It yeah. has to be. It has to be. Yeah. And it wasn't until you and I started having conversations about, um, about the way the world is or about where it was and how it is now and how it got there and what might happen in the future that I was like, oh, here's someone that, like, really sees me and is interested in me and is allowing me to kind of just, like, play. Yeah. And that and tr- and I talk to a lot of twenty and thirty somethings at the shows. I'm talking about weekend shows in Santa Fe for six months, and I'm not there all the time. I'm there less than I used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just am going, and you know, not everybody wants to talk to me, mm-hmm. or not everybody likes my work. That's fine. Yeah. But the ones that I do connect with, I'm just like. I know it's hard, but don't. And you can tell they're already. I'm just. I'm like the king command. I'm like the king in uh, the Little Prince. Oh, okay. He's a really good king because he commands his subject to do what they're already doing. Oh, that's so, that's <laughs> you know? so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I just say you know it's okay not to to be unmoored in your twenties, and to explore anything of interest that comes your way and I and I be grateful if you're in the position to do that not everybody is that's true it is a privilege yeah yeah and um, but you know meet new people look at new ideas explore other religions explore other um, eth- any other ethnic any other yeah. you need to be finding a way or noticing that they're there and you have an opportunity. Yeah. Whatever you think is because whatever you think is the other because you yeah. you quickly realize that because the they're other, not the other. No. And that goes back to Buddhism. Mm. We're all one and it goes back to physics. Mm-hmm. We're all of the same stuff. Yeah. We're all made of the same stuff. Wow. And I grew up in the south in the 50s. Mm. And um, I was very aware it was segregated, you know, there were maids and buses. The help was a good example of what it was like where I grew up. We were not quite as wealthy, but, you know, anyway. And all of that was in the prejudice against the person from the other side of the tracks. Mm. Um, So it was, you know, non-acceptance of other and that comes out of culture and fear. Yeah, fear is a big one. Yeah, and I but I don't think you're necessarily individually afraid of other people. No, yeah, I that's think it's more cultural, and it's what you learn from your parents or you know um, what your school is like. It's like an attachment to identity. Yeah. Well, and it's obviously tribal. Mm. You know, I remember being a suburban housewife with two young kids married to a trial attorney in uh, a large city in Texas. Wow. And finally meeting uh, one or two people of my tribe. Mm. I was like, whoa, there are people like me out there. (laughs) Because I am not like the people that I grew grew up with or the people that I'm in now. It's not that I don't like any of them. But I just could not care very much about who the caterer is. Yeah, you know, right. It just and besides, my first husband was not. He was antisocial. Really? Yeah, he was a lot of silence. No, he was mean. 
Oh. <laughs> the, the opposite of silence, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and, and had, you know, was very full of himself. But, you know, I just thought he was a Southern boy. Mm. And I was, I was very immature. Yeah. You know? So you don't give your time spell, you know, time to grow and time to experience things. Make it possible to experience. Go, oh, I just have to go take this class at the community college. Yeah. <laughs> because you get to meet other people that have, share interest. Mm. And they're not like you, and they didn't grow up like you, and they came from somewhere else, and they're viable, wonderful human beings that you would not have met otherwise. Yeah. I remember uh, early on just, like, feeling very isolated within my, like, like there was, like, three people in my life that I could talk about anything and everything and the way that I wanted to. That uh-huh. feels selfish, but, like, it was, like, you, my aunt, and, like, my partner. Uh-huh. And it was, like, um, I didn't know, I was, like, I don't know if my tribe's out there. And you're, like, you're going to find them, don't worry. Yeah. And I did, it's true, I found them. Yeah. And you basically just follow your own interests, figure out what they are, and don't just like zone out or drug out or do whatever you do to escape all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's fun, but you know, there are times, this is fun too. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, and of course, I think it's more fun, but that's just me. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, find them because they will lead you to your tribe. Mm, that's true. And because they're part of your tribe, and they have friends who are that you haven't met. Yeah, and but, yeah, I, I, I think that just like taking that leap of faith, kind yeah. of, is really important. Like you said, like go and do something that's outside of your usual experiences. Uh huh. Like well, I didn't realize I could just like do things. <laughs> it was yeah. so odd to me. I don't think I did too either. You know. I mean, we had a construct that said, oh, well, women, you know, I'm, I'm still admire friends that will go and eat by themselves in a restaurant. Oh, interesting. And I would be probably get comfortable, but one, I don't eat in restaurants very often, and I don't have, there's no reason for me to go eat alone somewhere. Right. If I were traveling more or doing, you know, a lot of things like that, but I have friends that do that, and I'm going, wow, you went to Czechoslovakia by yourself? Yeah, for the fun of it? <laughs> no, it went, they went, and, she's a glass artist. He's oh, a really? Friend. Yeah, lives down the road. Oh, that's so... You know, and it was about seeking, casting her, she's like, you know, a big-time artist with employees and all of that, and I'm like, whoa, you know, I could never be a photographer. Mm. I'm not capable of repeating something once. <laughs> That's interesting. I saw something on social media that said, um, whatever you think about yourself, whether it's positive or negative, it's true. <laughs> That's a, there's a thought. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you know. it's true. Like Whatever you believe about yourself. Yeah. Because it is true for them. For And the, the minute you start to shift that, you're a different person. Mm, event horizon. Yeah. And if you or do a big shift, like jump off a cliff, <laughs> <laughs> like I did, yeah. Um, then, you know, that's, that's an event horizon. And I mark the beginning of that. It's April Fool's Day. Really? Uh-huh. And I'm not going to tell you what I the, <laughs> the life-altering events that I chose to do on April Fool's Day. Or met somebody really... He became significant in my life. Mm, right. That's you know? really interesting. And I have no idea why. It just and I just remember that every time April Fools comes along, comes around. It's like the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I I mark and honor <laughs> that day. Yeah. <laughs> that was. It was so. Simple, and it was the best thing I ever did in my whole life <laughs> because it altered my course. Yeah, for for the for the better. Yeah. Even though, yeah, there is. And like I didn't know stimulant. that when I made the choice. Really, it was in hindsight. Well, hindsight tells me that that was today, and 
and it, it altered my life. Wow. Hmm. I know, I think about, like, life-altering things. I think that mine um, was probably that flipping car. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah, that will do it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that was so sinful. But really, it was a, it was a, well, it was an accident, first of all. <laughs> because what I was there doing no was accidents. on purpose. What I was trying to do was a lot more different than that. Um, but I was, it was, I was reaching. It was a very contemplative prayer. I was just reaching towards... I don't know what it was. You were you were going trying to get to infinity. <laughs> yeah. And beyond. <laughs> but then you found yourself in the same state. Yeah. And then you went, Oh my gosh, I was really lucky. Yeah. Super. Because I wasn't like physically altered. I know. Permanently. Permanently. So you could have. Speaking of all the different uh M theories and multiverse. I feel like there's a there's a version there's a timeline that did. That did, like alter that. Like it feels very like, that day was like very dark. Like uh-huh. it was a near death experience for sure. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've never had one of those. But I've had a life altering illness that. I should be the poster child for it, except that um, I don't know. I don't. I'm not yep. poster worthy or something. Well, it's because you found a way of healing that works for you. Yeah. And it's not going to work for everybody. No. And you know the Western doctors don't honor it, and the Chinese doctors are going what? Yeah. <laughs> So, Have you had no. doctors like try and set you down and be like, nope, you're doing it wrong? No, what they do is offer me uh, a drug, and since I've li- I, I have Crohn's disease, and I've that was my life-altering health event that said, you have to change your life. Wow. Because I felt that it was stress-induced. Mm. And I know there's a genetic factor because there was another person in my family that had it. But I think you have to add the stress on top for it to manifest or for the gene to start getting active or whatever. Because you can't catch it. And then they have treatments for it. And it's an inflammatory disease. Mm. And, um, and I've managed it for 40 years. But no gastroenterologists are very impressed. They just look at me. Oh, you were lucky. Wild. <laughs> you know, I was like, fuck, no, I wasn't lucky. Right. <laughs> I just, like, perceived it differently and managed it, you know, in a different way and never had the consequences that are normal for that. Yeah. You know, I was like, I went to a ileostomy society meeting once in Houston, and I went, I'm not joining this group. Right. <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, I'm going to do something different. I'm not going to identify with them. I can't identify with them. Mm. And I, I agree, you can't do that with everything. Right. So that's maybe where the luck comes in. Yeah. But, um, you know, here I am. Yeah. Intact. Alive and well. Having fun. Oh, it does help to like do what you love. <laughs> you do do what you love. Yeah, and since I was able to go on my art path, which I had believed since I was a child, that, that I was going to be an artist, that's what I always said when I was asked. Um, you know, and I did it, starting in my mid-30s. And, yeah, it was hard yeah. and scary and perilous mm. and unstable and somebody said, you know, well, you do a budget and blah, blah, blah. I said, well, tell me how you do a budget when you don't know what kind of money you're going to have coming in. Oh, it's like guesswork. And it's not yeah. even guess. It's like... Yeah, like what are you going to base it on? <laughs> I know. <laughs> you just do the best you can. Yeah. You know. And, um, and you marry an artist so you can make it more perilous. You know. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so you have a double factor of uh, unreliability. Yeah, because it's like being, and I think it's much, I mean, I would hate to be a spec builder. Oh, right. That, you know, put their own money into it and do that and then resell it, you know, because they build it for a certain amount and they know what the market is. Mm-hmm. But um, with, you know, with my work or any artist's work, some artists are excellent business people. Yeah. And they're, they're just trade-offs for everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the business people te- tend to lean with what works, you know, what they know they can sell, what they learn that they can sell. Mm. I, thankfully, was never able to create something that was a sure seller, except at the very beginning of my art career. So for five or six years, I was pretty well known in Texas and collected by, you know, corporate entities and was doing extremely well. Um, And thought, oh, well, I can do this from anywhere and moved to New Mexico. Yeah. And I went, oh, I I forgot that my work might change. Uh Uh-oh. Or I might change. Oh dear! I hear that actually a lot about a lot of artists that when they get to New Mexico, their art changes. Yeah, it can't. I mean, this is a for me. This is a power place and a magical place. Yeah. And the first two years, I would get up every day and look out my kitchen window and go, "I cannot believe I live here." Wow. It was just un, It was like moving to Mars. Yeah, it was an alternative universe, and it was. Yeah. And, like, still things are alive and still things are thriving. And yeah, you know, and you're still doing... And, no, you're doing more of what you love. Mm. And you're in, you're investing yourself in a community that is not anything like what you grew up with. Mm. And is rich in history. And it's interesting. I have a Pueblo on, on either end of my road... And um, physicist, scientist from Los Alamos, that's east west of me, and um, Hispanic, old Hispanic settler from you know the grant that I live on was granted by the King of Spain to a Roy Ball in I don't know 1697 or something. Wow. And so, and I was really interested, and still am, but less so interested in the Pueblo life and in the Anasazi, the ancestors of the Pueblo, and we have it all around us. Yeah. You can find uh, sherds, as they're properly called, not mm-hmm. shards, but sherds of uh, pots. Mm-hmm. And so you could find more of them when I was first here. Yeah. But, um, and people digging or you know, and it, you know, depending on where you live, at, at one part of the end of my east end of my road is the ancestral was the ancestral pueblo of the Puaque pueblo, which is the one that's east of me. Mm. So when you go to the grocery store, you know you're not in on um, Saddlebrook. Right. Yeah. No. You know. It's a different. You know the local grocery store. Mm-hmm. Santa Fe's grocery stores are they're similar they're yeah. very uh, mixed ethnically and income you know they're like a real structure of differences yeah yeah they are you know yeah Santa Fe feels that way yeah yeah and that's part of my attraction you mm. know too it's like oh look everywhere you turn there's something different <laughs> That's awesome. No, it's so true. Um, and then in Santa Fe, I feel like there's such a, a, a rushing of ideas and a mixture of um, thoughts and different vehicles of enlightenment. And yeah, well, you know, it's, it, it tra- it's, that's the kind of energy that it has and that it attracts. Yeah. And so I always laugh and say, oh, just any religion, what would you like? Yeah. We have Baha'i. We have Buddhist, we have Hinduism. Muslim, we have Greek Orthodox, we have Catholic, which is the basic religion of the Spanish, yeah. and we have Native 
mm-hmm. religion. Yeah. And it's it's beautiful. It's, they're all so beautiful. Yeah, they're all one. I mean, I have a flag that was the first flag I hung on my portal. And it, um, it's, well, I, have, I ha- actually have an ohm flag that's just like almost unrecognizable now. Oh, wow. And, and my mother came oh. and uh, from Texas. And she's a Midwesterner originally, but she came and she looked at her and said, she said, what's that? And I said, oh, it's a, it's a um, Hindu flag or a Buddhist flag. And it, it's Om. Mm-hmm. And she said, and she said, well, you're not that. <laughs> Straight to denial. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and then my second flag was like five things, and it was the major religions of the world, their mm. symbols. And the point of it was all paths lead to one. But to me, that's this whole one thing. Yeah. This whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I forget what book I was reading. It doesn't matter which one you're part of or choose or born right. into, you're all you're going to continually serve the other. You're going to continually love each other. Yeah. And if you go into it uh, long and, you know, enough, you find that the original, uh, the origin of the religion was very pure mm. and pretty simple. And it was about loving your fellow being and turning the other cheek and all of those things. Caring for the earth. Yeah, caring for the earth. Yeah. And so, and this is a place where the, you, that's honored. Mm. And there are all these sub-tribes mm-hmm. all over the place. Yeah. And you can find them and go, wow. And I don't know that you should always seek out people that don't think, I mean, that think like you do. Right. Because that's too comfortable. It is. And it's nice to be affirmed and all of that, but you should also get to know people that you know don't want to think like you. Because hmm. that's enriching. It makes you bigger. Yeah, it does. No, it totally does, yeah. Yeah. Because mm, an experience that you don't identify with becomes a part of your experience. Yeah. Almost immediately. Um, now that we get to the end of our time together, when you think back on your roller coaster of art career and your relationship with your partner of 35 years and all of the life and the birth and the death and whatever it is that you experienced, um, what's something that you could say to your younger self or to us younger? Um, I was talking to somebody about, uh, you know, your life partner, your, your marriage or whatever, and I said that it, for me it was an experience in which um, I, he saw who I was. Mm. I saw who he was, and I was like, oh, I could spend the rest of my life with this person. And he saw who I was, and he didn't want me to be, he never wanted me to be anything different than what I was, or who I was. Mm. So if you're so lucky as to find somebody that values who you are, that sees who you are, mm-hmm. then that's, that's the one. It doesn't matter if he fits your paradigm of how your partner should be. If he sees who you are, you're going to be happy. Mm. As my mother said, Well, dear, you'll be poor, but you'll be happy. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not poor. I'm one of the richest people I know. Yeah, you are. You know, so... I'm both rich and happy. (laughs) Take that. (laughs) Take that, Mom. (laughs) So much for your, you know, 
euphemism or whatever. Yeah, whatever it was you're trying to save me from or <laughs> pull me through. Well, she meant well. And, no, she you did. know, and she, you know, this is the eternal myth. But the measurement of, uh, of it is, you know, how you measure it. Yeah. It's, it's not what it is, whether you have a beautiful, fancy house or really, really nice cars or servants or whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you measure? I can't, I, my, my life, the life that I've gotten to lead is priceless. Yeah. It can't, you know, and no thing could ever uh, be valued more than what I've gotten to have. I mean, because things don't fill your your heart. No. Mm-mm. You know, it's it's how you are in the world that fills your heart, and how you express love to people that fills your heart, and and what you do. All of those are priceless. There's you can't put a value on them because they're like it's like a resource. It's like water. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's flowing. Well, it's energy, Mm. and of course that's what the universe is: is energy. It's pure energy. Yeah, and it's really hard to understand that because it's like vibrations, like qualified. Yeah, because it's all. Wiggly stuff. Wiggly. <laughs> Strings and such. <laughs> Quarks and what was it? Quarks and Quarks and Calabiales. Oh. Thank you so much, Marianne. You're such a spring of joy and well being and I just I Well love, you bring out the best in me. You bring out the best in me. Like you and I have spent some quality time getting to know each other and then it what accelerates our experience is working together. I mean, you allow me to help you, right? Like yeah. you um setting up for the art shows and stuff, but in doing that you develop some really close interactions. Yeah, I go, Oh I bet my neighbor can hear this and is going, What? <laughs> talking about what in theory what (laughs) (laughs) so thank you for wanting to do this yeah thank you for giving you're so giving and loving and i love you so much thank you so much thank you i love you too (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah we'll uh we'll circle back i'm sure that we can have another podcast journey together yeah and uh, i know that uh someone that i had recently on the podcast is really going to enjoy this Zachariah. Oh Grace. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, he was nineteen when Zach Grace, who is the um, not harmonic flute, but uh, he's a Reiki, and he he plays. I mean, he really does beautiful music, and he's just like, I I guess I've known him. He must be in his late twenties now. Yeah. And I met him in my art group when he was 19, and he was an abstract painter, and we talked, and I knew uh, some things about him. And, of course, then I just watched his journey, and I'm like, what is he, doesn't he know if you get married when you're 20 that that's, like, a bit of a problem? Have you listened to nothing I've told you? (laughs) Of course, I never told him anything. Right, no, it's I, not my, you know, I don't go tell people what they should do. It'd be easier if we did, right? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just to watch where he's come, uh, with no help from me, mm. you know, I just saw, I liked his work, and we related. That's yeah. about what I can say. Yeah. You know? He has such admiration for you. We were reflecting on um, how we all know each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and you recognize these people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not just, oh, I think I'll, like, form a bond with everybody I meet, because that's not happening. No. And not not everybody wants that or appreciates it. And they don't want it or appreciate it, or you recognize that there's not a basis for it or whatever. But he was only 19, and, you know, I, I just am like, wow. Yeah. 
and he followed his path. Oh yeah! Oh my God! I mean, like he was true to his path. Mm -hmm. And I think he has at least two kids, and is divorced. Yeah. You know, um, but I think he's a, a wonderful human being. Oh goodness! First. Yeah. And then all of that, his music and his Reiki and all of that come out of yeah. who he is. And his mother was a healer, and she had died, I think, when he was in high school. And yeah. he wanted to be a healer. Yeah. But he found his own way to do that through his process. Yeah, his pro Yeah, exactly. That's the way I would describe it. Even the podcast is very much that. It was like process and practice. Yeah. Process evolved into practice. Yeah. And then you just, that's what everything is anyway. Mm-hmm. It's a process. Yeah. And if you, if you, if I could say one more thing, pay attention. Mm. Be, be present. Notice when things come into your life and go, I need to look at this further or I need to listen to this more or I need to whatever, you know, in whatever you're inspired to, however you're inspired to act. Because mm. it's, It'll reward you. Yeah. That's beautiful. I know. I just like, I feel like I could touch your feet. Like, you, you're such a. <laughs> you're like this like, enlightened being. You know, I don't consider myself enlightened. That's what at makes all. you so beautiful. That's what makes it so perfect. I just like, oh, I wish everybody could. Expand. Like the universe. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll go ahead and wrap things up. And thanks again. I'll have you on soon.